Hey, Business Building Warrior, this is Jim. I've got a guest who I'll bring on the show here in just a moment. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. This is an episode that is audio only by request of our guest, which means if you're watching on YouTube, all you get to see is a pretty little picture of our logo, I think. But you can always jump over to iTunes. If you're used to watching us on YouTube, a little tip for you, jump over to iTunes. There's some episodes that we didn't add to YouTube. So there's consider that like bonus content, a lot of really good episodes that just didn't make it onto YouTube, but you can see all of them at silentgym.com. Silentgym, J-I-M, that's me.com. We've got hundreds of recent interviews with our successful students, with the leaders in our community, the coaches who have built incredible businesses and now spend some time on the side coaching our students. If you enjoy this content, you should dig into some of the past episodes. But today, I've got Janine with us. Janine is one of the leaders in our virtual assistant training program. She lives in the Philippines, and she has risen in the ranks of leadership as we're servicing now hundreds of Amazon sellers around the world, people like you who have Amazon businesses, they're looking for profitable products, We've launched a service that's having a lot of success for our clients where we train virtual assistants who work only for you and they find profitable products all day, every day for a living. And what makes it such a beautiful arrangement is the fact, as you'll hear Janine describe today, that about $1 per hour US is the average wage in the Philippines for most workers. So the fact that we're paying $4 per hour is four times the average wage in the Philippines. That's what you pay the virtual assistant once we assign them to you. And they work just for you. So for very low cost per hour or per day, however you want to do the math, you've got someone who's been trained by our team, specifically by Janine, one of our trainers, how to find great profitable products that you can sell. It's a beautiful arrangement. Like I said, it's going extremely well. And we thought, here's a chance to pull back the curtains a little bit to introduce you to someone on our team who is working hard training the VAs who work for our Proven Replens VA program. You can find out more about that program at provenreplensva.com. There'll be a link in the show notes near this audio that you can go click and fill out a form. We'll have a conversation with you, make sure it's a good fit. But pretty much anyone who's gone through the proven Amazon course and who understands our replens strategy, which by the way, is the strategy being used by about 90% of the success stories you hear on this podcast, the Amazon selling strategy called replens. Well, they see the value pretty quickly in having a virtual assistant that can do the research, finding numerous profitable products every single day that you can then go buy and sell on Amazon. It's a pretty cool arrangement. And I think you're going to hopefully appreciate this little bit different episode today. It's unusual for us to do this. We've done it once before, but talking to someone in the Philippines, hear a little bit about her family, what her routine is, the job function that she fills for us, which is basically finding large groups of people who are willing to go through our basic training in the Philippines. And the higher performers, they're brought into our VA program and then assigned to one Amazon seller, maybe you're our next client, who they work for. 
and then you have a direct contact and direct connection. They don't report to us anymore. They work for you. And we continually do train them as we have new strategies as well. So that's one of the benefits of that program as well. That program is getting ready to expand greatly in the near future, by the way. We're going to offer more than just finding profitable replans. We're going to start having them do other functions as well that are very commonly needed for our Amazon seller community. So look for those changes coming very soon. We're building that program out right now. But enjoy this time with Janine. And keep in mind, English is not her first language, but I thought she did a tremendous job. She really was easy to communicate with. And I appreciate how much uh, effort and time she's put into perfecting her English skills. She had to get up very early in the morning to do this interview. I had to stay up late at night to do this interview, but it was a great time for both of us to get to know each other. I'd never met her before, but she's been working with us on our team for several months now. So it was good to finally connect. But enjoy this episode. Let's meet Janine from the Philippines. So Janine, welcome to the podcast. How are you, my friend? Hi, Jim. Thank you for inviting me and um, in, in, our, in your podcast. I just um, woke up actually and having my coffee right now. Yeah, it's it's early morning in the Philippines. It's later at night than I'm used to working. That's for sure. Recording this today uh, because of the time zone difference. But it is really great getting to know you and I'm excited to introduce you to the community. So let's jump into your story a little bit. Just tell us about yourself. Mm-hmm. I am Janine and I'm living in the Philippines, um, North Luzon to be exact. Because we have um, three, you know, the Luzon besides and Mindanao, I am on North Luzon. And I've been doing a product research since 2020. And um, before I became a product research, I also became a financial advisor in one of the insurance industry here in the Philippines. And as well as um, 2009, from 2009 since 2000, I think just 2020, we have our own business, which is a photography or a studio where we, where we are um, doing a, you know, um, that's my husband's business. And then when pandemic hits, we decided to close down the business because we are more of an event like weddings and birthday, all the events or celebration that we have. And because of the restrictions of everything here, because of the pandemic, so we closed down the business. And then I decided to became um, to deep, deepen more my knowledge in um, technicalities as in, in computer because I'm a tech person. I can do whatever you make me do on using the computer. So I did that. And then a friend of mine introduced me to online arbitrage, which is, I do not know that it exists before. So that after that, I learned a lot from that. I learned my own on my own, watching YouTube videos and everything and the likes. And then since then, I've been um, doing a own research, my own research and my own practice. And um, that's where I meet Matt Kyle, which he hired me also as well. And now I am the trainer and the coach in Proven Replants, which um, we, we do a training for the VA to be partnered with their very own client. Fantastic. So you've done insurance work, photography work, a variety of computer-related work, yeah. and it, it, some virtual assistant work for, you know, for other folks around the world, I would assume. And your business is there on the island because of the pandemic. When they got shut down, you became very reliant on the virtual assistant side of your income. Is that yeah. correct? Are you doing anything besides the virtual assistant work at this point? Is that or is that your primary income? 
that's my primary now as of the moment. But my husband is still a photographer. He's, He's getting back into photography. Good. So things are starting no, to I'm not. I'm not a photographer, actually. I am just the admin doing works of the paperwork and everything and the likes. Sure. But my husband is the one who do the job, like photography, layout, graphics, and everything. I, I do not have um, any, uh, any talent with layout. Do something right. I can do about um, admin stuff, research, and everything. But don't let me do the layout. It will be ruined. I promise. <laughs> You're not the artist. You're not the artist of the family, right? Your husband is the artist. Yes. I'm the same way. My wife is the artist in our family. I can barely draw a stick figure on a piece of paper. So yeah, I hear you. Fantastic. Well, that tells us a little bit about you and uh, the service you provide. So how many virtual assistants have you trained for us at this point? I cannot count it anymore because I think we've been doing that for 100 VAs more so. Because we've, we've started like, I think it was June when Cal and I started the training. And then it was, the first was all the VA. I, I'm doing the support, which the VA already had the clients. And then if they are struggling in doing the sourcing or struggling in data and everything, I'll be the one to help them or to deliver the, everything that the client needs. And then after that, uh, we opened a new applicant for the new applicants. We opened a free training and trial as well. And it was started just two months ago, I think. I, I think two months ago. And then um, I don't remember any, anymore. But we've been doing it for batches. Like, for example, uh, in batch seven, we've been doing it 20 people at a time, doing the training and the trial, and then so on and so forth until we've reached, um, now it's batch 15. And batch 15 has already 30 people in it. So wow. I don't... And, and did you say it's free training where we qualify people? Yeah, correct. That's a free wow. training. I didn't realize that. I work with Kyle and we correspond all day every day, but this is this has been his project to manage. That's a brilliant model. So you're training people for free on right. what it is that sellers, Amazon sellers need, that skill of finding profitable inventory using Keepa and the other skills. You're training them for free. And then I'm assuming the higher performing students that really understand the process those are the ones who then go on and become eligible to be in the PRV program, the Proven Replans yes. VA program. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. What percentage of the students that come through that you train, what percentage of them go on to be qualified VAs to work in our community? Okay. That's a great question. Because every applicant that we have is a newbie. We are accepting those um, VA that only has an experience or has, do not have any experience with real clients, like they are pra just practicing and everything and the likes. But um, what we have is um, we are accepting those who undergone masterclass, the paid training, and then we'll be the one to do the, you know, do the more on training, the more advanced training for them to be able to be partnered with the client, which be qualified to have, uh, to do the work as a product researcher. So the percentage that we have, I think um, out of 10, we only got the first, the first batches out of 10, we only got two to three people. Two or three out of 10? Yeah. yeah. 20, 20 30%. Yeah, that makes, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, uh, product research is not an easy job, you know, because it it's really hard. Uh, when, I, when I got my first, uh, you know, my first job as a product research, I'm spending almost more than eight hours a day just to find a five good leads within the criteria given. Mm -hmm. So uh, 
I, I told all my VA that I, I also uh, undergone that, that time because they are struggling regarding that. So I'm encouraging them always that as a beginner, it's okay, it's fine because you are doing a great job. You know, like um, they are new. So in the office, if you are new to the work, you know, you do not know the drill well. So mm -hmm. you need to adjust yourself and everything. And that's why we are doing. We are adjusting them as well and always encouraging them that even though you are doing it for hours or you are doing it eight hours, the good thing is you are doing a great job. You are doing a good job. You are doing your best. That's the good thing that we have. Yeah, fantastic. And, and the program is a huge success. Just so you know, Janine, you're doing a great job because we're getting many success stories. Actually, this podcast that you're on right now, the show, you know, we have over, well, coming up on 550 episodes or so. And of the last 100 episodes, I would say 20, 30 of them feature people who are telling their story about working with the students that you've trained, the virtual assistants that you've trained, <laughs> who are doing a great job for the members Thank of our community. So it's great to be able to introduce you, at least in your name and voice anyway, to the community at this point, because you're the one behind the scenes working very hard and creating all these great stories. You really are having a big impact on this community. So thank you for your hard work and, and commitment to this process. You're very appreciated. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Of course, of course. Well, talk to me a little bit about the, um, you know, I, it's one thing for our listeners to hear me say it, and I say it often, but I would love to hear from your vantage point what it's like to work for a US-based company or someone, you know, outside the Philippines that's paying you somewhere around three, four, five dollars per hour US. What kind of opportunity is that from your perspective for the virtual assistants that we're training and bringing into this program? Is that a good job? I guess is what I'm trying to ask. Well, here in the Philippines where where I'm living. Uh, the basic salary or the basic wage that a a worker that has is at least like um in peso it will be like three hundred fifty to five hundred pesos because I'm living in a province I'm not in a city so mm -hmm. that's that's the wage that we have and um being a VA is very super very helpful for for me because I already have my family with me as well and I, I have oh I, I have three kids already so oh you mentioned how old are your kids. Well, the, the the youngest is um one year old, then the uh, one year old, another nine years old, and then the other one is eleven. Beautiful. Yeah. God bless you, mom. Good job. Thank you so much. <laughs> and that's a great opportunity because I'm working from home while yeah. I'm doing my job as a mother. You know, because yeah. they are studying and they're doing the the, the work of um student. You know. And they needed a mother to support everything that they, they are doing. So it is a privilege to be a virtual assistant as well. And uh, the thing is, um, the, the salary that we've, get, we've got or we get from our client is a great start as a virtual assistant. $4. Uh, we are offering in a proven replants is a $4. And it is a good start. And it depends on the client. If the client will uh, like like your job or like the skills that the VA will, we are doing, like, like, like that. So. As for me, everything is great. Everything is good. And we are doing the living. Like, like I said a while ago that I am, uh, the, the VA is the one that I am, the work that I only have because of the, our business already closed. So it sustains us since 2020. So that's, that's good. Fantastic. You mentioned 
pesos and help me with the conversion rate a little okay. bit. So if if you're earning $4 per hour US, right. how many pesos is that approximately? And compare that to other opportunities. I've heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, Janine, but I've heard that the average hourly wage in the Philippines is $1 per hour US. Does that sound right? We are not doing it per hour. We are talking about a day. So in eight hours a day for a regular employee, they are receiving at least 500 pesos a day. I think. 500 pesos a day. How much is that US? Uh, I think it will be because 55 is the conversion right now for the US, US dollar to Philippine peso. So I think it will be, let me, let me try to convert it right now for you. So um, $9 or so, maybe I'm guessing. I think it will be, wait, yeah, yeah. 10 or nine. About $9. Okay. So a little over $1 per hour US, Mm -hmm. which would be $8 a day, eight or $9 a day, right? Converting. So yeah, just doing the rough math. That's, that's about right. In the US, we tend to measure per hour, dollars per hour versus per day. But you work an eight-hour day, earn about 500 pesos. That's a pretty typical job in the mm-hmm. Philippines. So we're paying four times that yeah, as a starting because- for virtual assistants. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, correct. And uh, the thing is also, it is. I think it's fair enough because virtual assistant is the one who uses all buying all the equipment that needed like computer, laptop, and having their internet at home. You know, everything it is... Uh, from the virtual assistant itself. So I think it's it's just fair to have at least a four, $4 as a starting mm-hmm. point for the virtual assistant. Yeah. And, and of course, many of our virtual assistants wind up earning considerably more than that. I know many sellers give them bonuses per item found and percentage of sales bonuses and things uh, to where the, you know, the numbers can certainly climb from there. But I just want to establish for the listeners who've heard me say and other guests say many times that $4 an hour is a really good job, a good starting point at least, especially compared to the other opportunities. And you can sustain a family with that. You can you can pay your bills and feed your family and have a nice home and, and grow from there, hopefully. I mean, I would love to see sellers paying significantly more than that, of course, as their business prospers and grows. Uh, but thank you for talking through that with me. I, I appreciate that. So how many total virtual assistants do we have in the program now from your perspective? I think I know approximately. I haven't asked Kyle in a while. I think we're approaching 400 total, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the, um, I think that's the, the number that we have right now. But as for me, under my, under my supervision, under my support and everything, since I've started, I'm handling uh, 14 to 20 people having their own clients. And I'm the one who supports them like, if they are struggling with something, I, I'm the one who has to answer every questions that they have. And we also have our own group chat just for that. Oh, understood. Okay. So you've got a group of virtual assistants that are under your charge. And I think Kyle has a handful of people that play a similar role to you, Janine, that are yeah. managing a group of virtual assistants, right? Uh, so it's a, it's a structure that we've built over time as this thing's grown out. Well, what else would you like to talk about? What else would you like to share with us about your job, about what goes into training these virtual assistants? This has been a great interview. I've learned a lot. It's great getting to know you. Uh, but what else is there that maybe you could share with our community uh, about what it is that you do? Okay. 
So on our um on our training and trial, we do it like this. The first time that we did it, we are on um trial and error, you know, because we are fixing our time, our schedule as well because Cal is so busy. And so the first thing is he is the one who is doing the interview for the new applicant in onlinejob.ph. We have the OLJ for that. And then after that, um, he is, can you imagine him? He is uh, still awake at 4 a.m. <laughs> 4 a.m. Yeah. and he's still awake. And like, dude, what are you doing? It's it's already morning. You are you are working to live, not working to die, you know? And then after <laughs> so that, you're telling Kyle to slow down too. We tell him that all yeah. the time around here. Yeah. I, I've, I say, Janine, sometimes I say, I think there's three or four of Kyle. There's like three clones of Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. And then after that, he told me that if he, I, I can help him in doing the interview and everything. And then I told him, yeah, why not? So I did the interview after that and he can now sleep at, I think, 11 p.m. And then I congratulated him. That's that's new. Congratulations to sleep early now. <laughs> yeah, we got to make sure Kyle stays healthy. He can't do that indefinitely. Well, he yeah, he is such a hard worker. It, that's great that you're working on him too to have a healthy schedule because he really does commit to this process. Uh, that's yeah. great. After so you, that, you interview. I, yeah, yeah. I did the in interview, everything. And then um, we, we filter all the VA that has already an experience or know anything about online arbitrage because we are teaching advanced ones. So we are not having to teach the, the zero knowledge because it takes so much time. So mm -hmm. we are looking for at least someone who already have the idea of how the online arbitrage and FBA works so that from there, we will begin our training, the advanced one, how to do the methods, how to do everything, how to research, how to how to find a good lead, uh, reading KIPA graph and everything and the like, as well as how to use all the tools that is provided by the uh, by, by Cal, of course. He's the one who provides all the tools that needed for the VA to, to use. So we are using um, KIPA, the seller amp, the rep seller, the AC Insight, all of it. So after that, after the, after the, the, the interviewee will pass the interview, they will be jumped into our training which um, always start Monday or, or Thursday. It, it, it uh, depends on how many on the group chat or how many trainees we have because we are targeting that time. We are targeting at least 15 per week or 15 to 30 per week trainees. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I think I became slow because I have so many interviews um, following up. Like I, I can only interview three to five people. So after that, I decided to do a Loom video of myself like sending it to all the applicants that wanted to join the training and the trial program, which is free. They can get the, the training and the trial for free and they can use all the tools for free. That's the great privilege for them, uh, as well as for the newbies. That's a great privilege. And then after that, I will send them all the details that inside our training and program. And then they will just email me if they wanted to join and they will email me all the experiences that they have. Then I will decide if they can join the training. And the program. So. That thing or that um, the simple technicalities can uh, we can move faster. Like uh, we have, I think I can uh, move in people in our training like 10, 20 times two to times three within the last week. So we're figuring out how to speed things up a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. great. Right. Yeah, because there is a lot of demand for this, but right. we're still producing high quality results as we're vetting. And, and I wasn't aware that some of these 
processes were in place. I'm learning as well, Janine. So you, you know, Kyle has worked hard and I know you've worked hard as well to build a system that really does produce some incredibly well-trained virtual assistants. I love hearing how it works and it is a lot of work. So I, I appreciate what you're doing. And uh, yeah, anything else about the process you can share with us or, or any other stories or examples you want to, you want to give us today? You've, you've done a tremendous job so far, but uh, is anything else you wanted to share? Well, after after the training and the trial, I am. It takes five days for them to be trained and and the trial as well to see five if days. they learn something. If they learn something from the training after that, and then um, after five days, uh, we can see the result. If there will be a VA that passed all the quality and as well as the the criteria that we've given them. And right. so you yeah. give them the challenge of actually finding profitable products. Correct. That's correct. So um, we have this called score. I'm the one who created that so that we can, you know, we can balance everything and we know if the VA is doing the great job or, or um, understood the, the training, you know. And then um, we did some scoring like green is for good, red, you know, you know, the simple thing like that. Red yeah. is for no good, yellow is for okay, something like that. Right. And then that's what we are doing right now. And so far, all of my VAs is doing a great job. And as of the moment, I already have, I think, 14 to 20 just on my on my um, program, just on my side, I think, on my under under my uh, supervision. We have 14 to 20 VA as of the moment. That's mine, tremendous. That's mine that, alone. And that number is only going to grow as demand increases for their services. Well, mm -hmm. Once again, great job. It is really amazing how how quickly and proficient this this program has kind of risen it's got a great reputation we have a lot of people inquiring every day at uh, provenreplensva.com is the website and it's great to meet one of the leaders behind the scenes doing all the all the hard work so thank thanks for being on the show today janine i really appreciate it yeah thank you so much jim for having me it is a privilege and as well as it is my pleasure Thank you so much. And you have a great day. It's about bedtime for me, but your day's just starting. So yeah. have an awesome day. It truly was a pleasure hanging out with you. And uh, well, hopefully we'll we'll get a chance to talk again soon. If you need anything, please do let me know. Okay, Janine? Okay. Thank you so much, Jim. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good night to you. Okay. Bye then. Thank you. So, hey, before I let you go, that was a great episode, but I've got a guest I want to reintroduce you to. Mr. Jeff Schick has joined us again. Of course, he's our favorite legal expert around here, all things Amazon legal and some of the issues you can find yourself tangled in. He helps you get out of those. What do you want to talk about today, Jeff? So what I want to talk about today is generic product listings and kind of the pitfalls and things to watch out for with them. So, you know, when you think of generic, what comes to your mind, Jim? Yeah, you know, I, I think of a brand that isn't really associated with anything major. You know, the the you know a generic brand maybe would be the store label brand. You know, at right. a at a grocery store. You know, that's what comes to mind for me. So, so I think about it even a little bit more simplistic than that. Like, you know, if you think about like pickles, and you go to the grocery store and you see, I think Vlasic is like the big one that people see in the states. And so you've got Vlasic pickles. That's obviously a brand. And if you get Publix pickles, then that's a a brand as well. So what would be a true generic in my mind would be the tomato, that tomato that's sitting on the shelf that has no sticker designating where it came from whatsoever, right. completely right. unbranded. So when we think about Amazon, they've been really cracking down on these uh, generic listings. So 
people have been sometimes, unfortunately, when you're finding replens, you might find a product that has a listing and you, you see two listings. And one of them is, you know, I don't know, let's find what is our replen today? It's going to be Logitech mouse because <laughs> that's sitting in front of me. So we've got good. a Logitech mouse and we found this re, you know, amazing stock of hundreds of Logitech mice that we're going to send in. And we go to create a listing and Logitech is gated. And so some sellers will say, well, I've got a hundred Logitech mice that I just bought. What do I do with them? And they'll go and they'll create a new listing and they'll type in Logitech and Amazon will say, no, you, you can't use Logitech because it's already taken. So what we've been seeing a rise of is sellers who said, okay, well, I can't take Logitech. I'm going to just put, you know, this mouse looks generic enough to me. I'm just going to say it's generic. And I'm going to sell this as a generic mouse and then list it as a Logitech mouse in the title and the bullet points and a description. So that's where Amazon's been cracking down over the last, uh, I'd say probably one and a half to two weeks. They've been cracking down pretty harshly um, against those types of listings. And so we want to watch out for it and make sure that they're, you know, that we're not not listing on them because those wouldn't be the proper listing. It should be Logitech. So even if you're not the original seller who set up the bad listing, yeah, you could still be punished for selling against it because you could be an innocent replen seller who has two or three units to sell and you find this great performing ASIN, but the brand is generic. Or as we've mentioned in a past session, it's maybe a misspelled version of Logitech, Logi-Tech or something to try to get past the filters. Avoid those. You don't want that brand field to misrepresent the actual brand, or you will probably be sitting on an ASIN that will eventually be pulled and shut down. Right. And what's been really odd about these uh, cases that I've seen the last week, the sellers that are affected have, you know, they're replen sellers. They did not create these listings. And what's even more concerning is that in one case, or I should say in, in three cases, I have three separate sellers. They were all listed against the same ASIN that was listed as generic. What's even more concerning is that that listing wasn't taken down. So Amazon identified the problem. They suspended hmm. these sellers that were listed on the ASIN, but they didn't take the ASIN down. So now there's new sellers going in on that listing that are doing the exact same thing and mistakenly listing on it. So It's almost like it's a trap <laughs> sitting there waiting for people to step on it or something. <laughs> it is really weird. It's a minefield for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely like a landmine. So, yeah. And anytime we say suspension, you know, what are the prospects of these folks getting their accounts back? It's always a painful, inconvenient thing for sure. But you feeling good about the the accounts be, being restored? Absolutely. Yeah. We've restored, you know, two of them so far in the last couple of weeks here. You know, they sometimes can take longer than others. You know, unfortunately, this type of suspension is what we would call a fraud category. So Amazon generally, you know, splits suspensions into different categories. So there's, you know, performance related, you know, late shipment rates, order defects, things like that. Those are, I'd, you know, I'd call those your diet suspensions because a good plan of action and some solid, you know, corrective actions will get you back pretty fast. You've got your intellectual property suspensions. Those are, you know, you sold a listing that has a trademark complaint or a counterfeit or copyright. Again, inconvenient but recoverable in most cases, as long as you've got good documentation and weren't intentionally selling counterfeits. And then the third category is the fraud category. And those are, you know, where people have engaged in actions that Amazon thinks are fraud, even though, as I know, these are innocent sellers that were never intending to defraud anyone. It's just Amazon, it has that appearance. And so as soon as we can convey to Amazon that this was just a mistake, that it's not fraud, and that this won't happen again, you know, they're not, their goal is to get productive, non-fraudulent sellers back on the platform. 
Whereas the sellers that were intentionally engaging in fraud, well, those sellers obviously do not get back on the platform. Right. Right. So just to sum up, how can we prevent this type of challenge in our account? That we can we search our entire inventory for brand generic? You can. Yeah. Go to manage inventory, hit that search field and type in generic. And if it if you have anything that matches, it's going to come back. And that's a perfect time to re-examine those listings. Ideally, you'll click type that in and hit search and it'll say zero results found. And if you do find point. some, what should you do? Well, if you do find them, yeah, you know. I don't know. Talk to me. <laughs> come up with a plan because you know the first step would be obviously to delete them, and then second step is come up with a plan for how do we how do we handle it next. And keep a list of anything you delete because Amazon is data driven. If you delete seventeen ASINs that you find that said generic, open a Word doc and copy all those ASINs as you're deleting them, so that way you know that you have you have a record if it ever comes back up again that you can say, hey Amazon, we identified this problem on you know. November 1st or November 2nd, whatever day it may be. And these are the ASINs we deleted. Before yeah, and they'll look more favorably if you make a mistake. He's like, hey, okay, this is the guy who's trying to play by the rules. Correct. Great tip. And one thing I want to do before we wrap up most of these sessions, I want to give you the chance, Jeff, how can people hire you and put you on retainer? How's that work? Absolutely. So it's, as you know, some people, most of our listeners probably know, it's $89 a month. You sign up at jeffschick.com and that gives you unlimited access to our team. It gives you full protection against you know, virtually anything that goes wrong on Amazon or Walmart, um, as well as Etsy and the other marketplaces. And um, I know we'll talk about in one of my one of our future segments that I'm working on a Walmart case right now. So it'll be interesting to talk about that one and see the differences between Walmart and Amazon. But we help sellers on those that platform too. So outstanding. Well, always time well spent. Thanks for hanging out with me today, Jeff. I'm sure the listeners benefited greatly, and we'll do this again soon. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.